Hello and welcome to Matalia is Confused. This is Matalia. AKA M Diesel. I don't know why I'm talking like this. I'm gonna stop now. Uh it's December. It's December fucking it's Monday, December seventh. That means Christmas is close. I don't think I talked about this last year. Um, Christmas is cool. Christmas is fun. If you're Christian or if you're non-practicing, just sort of generally in the world and not another religion, you celebrate Christmas. And Christmas is cool because you get time off. You get to fucking be with people you want to be with and not people you have to be with. You get some. Pre- if you're young, it's cool because you get presents. If you if you're not young and you care about presents, still for some fucking weird reason, it's it's good for that reason too. You get to give stuff to people. You get to put smile on smiles on people's faces. These are the good things about Christmas. As for everything else about Christmas, fucking relax. Everybody. With the mu the, the music is its own whole thing, and there's nothing more tired than shitting on Christmas music, but it's it's terrible. It's gotta stop. I'm not gonna spend any more time on it than that. It's fucking terrible. It's gotta stop. But that's it about the music. But in these fucking overly politicized days you hear shit about the war on Christmas as if anybody who doesn't celebrate Christmas gives a fucking shit about the people that do celebrate Christmas What, what the war on Christmas in general if you're even familiar with the term It's just a right-wing talking point. What it means is the left, the communists of the left, of the left wing, those fucking godless liberals, want to take away the Christmassiness of Christmas. It's not a thing, okay? So when you hear the war on Christmas, it's not what it sounds like. There's no battles There's certainly no violence. All it is... Hang on, I gotta open my period. All it is... Is people on the right acting like people on the left are are, are either trying to minimize the importance of the fact that it has something to do with God or or even worse some corporate or company wide or fucking leftist agenda policy that in, makes you say happy holidays 
instead of Merry Christmas. God fucking forbid. Even if you're the most Christmassy motherfucker, even if you're the most religious Christmassy motherfucker, the Christianist, Christmassiest motherfucker, do whatever you want. No one cares how you celebrate Christmas. No one will ever care how you celebrate Christmas. Why you do it in private? There is no war on Christmas. And in general, let's de-escalate the rhetoric around Christmas. Let's relax about all things Christmas. Everybody fucking tone it down a little bit. Just relax about Christmas. That's it. Have fun. Enjoy it. But just relax. Nobody's trying to take it away from you. Nobody's trying to do anything at all. This is not going to be a political episode, but there's one, for the most part, this is somewhat political, what I just said about Christmas. But what's coming now is political. And then after that, it won't be political anymore. I've, I've done my best to sort of ignore the things that the out, outgoing president is saying. But it's really depressing. It's just the most up is down shit and down is up. He's just straight up saying he won. He lost, but he's saying he won. And millions and millions and millions of people who love him, like fucking losers, believe him. Because as everyone knows, people who support Donald Trump and out, out, love Donald Trump, not people who put up with Donald Trump, but people who love Donald Trump. If Donald Trump said, my butthole is actually my face, every single one of them wouldn't even flinch, wouldn't even blink, wouldn't hesitate, would just parrot that and say, Donald Trump's butthole is his face. It doesn't matter. The truth value of anything he says doesn't matter fucking at all. My butthole is my face. Everyone would say it about themselves, too. Everyone, the next day, right-wing media would be ablaze just saying their buttholes are their faces. But the thing I want to talk about, I don't like to fucking harp on it because, like I said, the very simple fact, the very simplest, most simple, simple fact of all fucking simple time, is that he lost. He lost. That's the end that he lost. But the thing I want to talk about is he, he, he's got this, the narrative that he's set up, uh, because it doesn't matter what the narrative is. This is why it's so r- ridiculous and stupid. It doesn't matter what it is. He could say anything. It doesn't matter. His butthole is his face. It doesn't matter. But his, the whole framing of it, he did this like 45-minute press conference the other day at like an almost three-hour rally the other day where so many fucking thousands and thousands of people went. <sighs> you lost. You fucking lost. But the framework around the, uh, the, the um, denial, I guess, is 
there was it's some big mystery because he got so many votes. He got more. I got more votes than any other president ever. Donald Trump did get more votes than any other president in any previous election. The person he didn't get more votes than is the one he was running against this election. So the whole, how does someone get 75 million votes and lose? I'll tell you how. Someone else gets 82 million votes. But the framework is, there's some big mystery. Because early on in the election night, I already went over this in the post-election fucking recap or whatever the fuck I called it. Trump, in a few states, went ahead early on because they counted in-person voting first. Then after that, they counted absentee and mail-in voting, and that leaned heavily Democratic. And therefore, some of those states that counted in-person first, early on in the night, looked like Trump was winning. So Trump pulls out his fucking, his, uh, his uh, charts, pulls out his arguments out of his fucking asshole or his face or whatever. And he says, look, look at the graph, look at the chart. We're winning, 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 winning. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the night, things turn around. He makes it seem like some big mystery. How does the president be, how is the president winning all night? And then suddenly, the, 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 there's a sea change and he starts losing. How does the presidential candidate get 75 million votes and lose? This is some big mystery. Let me tell you something about the 2020 election result. Of all the fucking things in the year 2020, the result is the least fucking mysterious thing that happened. In the whole year, I'm getting angry, I'm getting hot, I'm getting loud, I'm getting in the red. But I'm getting angry and there's nothing we can do about it. Apology for the sound quality if I'm fucking yelling. Not only am I hot on the mic, I'm hot as fuck in here because it's 3,000 degrees and anybody who listens to the show already fucking knows that. But I'm already sweating. The fact that Donald Trump lost the election is the least mysterious thing that happened in all of 2020. It is the least confusing thing that happened in all of 2020. You could even argue that it is the one thing that makes total and perfect sense without a follow-up thought or question in the entire fucking year of 2020. How does the guy get 25 million votes and lose? I'll tell you how. I already did. The other guy gets more. And specifically, how does this president lose when he's so beloved? Well, I'll tell you how. He's way more hated than he is beloved. No president has animated more apolitical people to vote against him ever in the history of fucking anywhere. And the evidence of that isn't just in the 2020 turnout. It isn't just in the 2020 election result. It is in the fucking 
written in the fucking history of the internet and everyone's experience in the last fucking four years. Everybody fucking hates this guy. You don't need to look at the fucking data, even though the data backs it up. You don't need to. Everybody fucking hates him. That's the mystery. The non-mystery. That's how I clear it up for you. That's how I clear up this mystery for you. How did this candidate lose? Because everyone fucking hates him. It is a non-mystery. Thank you. That's over with now. No more politics. On to other shit. Actually, I lied. There's one more thing I got to say about politics. There's also another thing. There's also another thing. This is going to be short, though. There's also another thing that people on the right love to say, and it's like a catchphrase now. It's Joe Biden will never be president. There's massive fraud being exposed. There isn't. Uh, uh, Trump knows what he's doing. He doesn't. Giuliani has all the shit up his sleeve. He doesn't. Giuliani, by the way, has COVID. The least surprising fucking thing ever. Joe Biden will never be president. You hear this a lot from people on the right, social media, online, in the in on right wing media. But here's the deal. Yes, he is. And he's going to be president on January 21st after getting sworn in on January 20th. Now, if anybody listening would like to bet money on that in a binding agreement, I will bet you any amount of money in the fucking world. I will bet you all the gold at Fort Knox. I don't have it. If I lose, I'll go fucking steal it. I will bet you $20 million. I don't have it. If I lose, I'll go rob a fucking bank. I promise you I will do that. I will write my fucking name in blood. I will sign any contract. If you are willing to bet me that Joe Biden won't be president, first of all, according to you, every president, but I'll even put a fucking date. I'll put a day on it like I'm a fucking prophet. I know the exact day Joe Biden will be president. For all you motherfuckers saying... Joe Biden will never be president. Not only do I know he will be president, not only will I bet any sum in the fucking world, even ones that I don't have, I will guarantee any return on your bet as long as you guarantee the same for me. Anyone listening, even if you know people, even if you don't think this and you know people who do, play them this clip. Tell them, Matt D'Elia will bet them any amount of fucking money. I will sign a binding agreement. I will fucking write my name in blood. I do not give a fuck. I will bet anyone any amount. I know the exact day Joe Biden will be president. He will be president on January 21st. This is my prophecy, okay? Joe Biden will be president on a specific day. That is the least bold claim, but all you motherfuckers out there who like to act like it's not, bet me, motherfucker. Bet me. I'll invite my fucking lawyer. We'll do this the proper way. As long as you guarantee you fucking pay up too. And if you don't want to make that bet with me, shut the fuck up about it. Because I'm sick of seeing it. 
We can't keep doing this up is down shit, down is up shit. It doesn't work. You can't, it's, it's not sustainable. There's no way to fucking communicate or live in a shared world if you can't agree on basic fucking things that are true. We don't need to agree on everything. We don't need to agree on non-facts. We don't need to agree on opinions or ideas or things that have not happened yet. But we do need to agree about A, things that have happened, and B, on facts. Joe Biden won. He is going to be president on January 21st. And if you keep fucking yapping your fucking dumbass trap about how he's not going to be, bet me, motherfucker. I dare you. (coughs) Okay. No more politics now. I I honestly didn't even plan to be that uh, upset at any point this entire week. But look what happened. Okay. Sometimes it sneaks up on you. Sometimes it sneaks up on you and you fucking know it. It's just like. Who goes out on Tuesday night in the sun? Boss to plan cover better to love. Step outside and back to leave a new work. Right on by and I just freaked. All of the times I tried to find someone who hear me like to do Then I'm not the type of like to rush in but I want to I don't know you but it feels like I do And I was frozen when you walked in the room Cause every single word it just makes my stomach turn cold I don't know you, but it feels like I do. Motherfuckers out there listening thought I forgot I was M. Diesel. Just because Christmas is upon us. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. Feel like I do. <sighs> hey, Vin Diesel. What? Vin Diesel's too jacked. It's fucking stupid. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't look good. Nobody nobody wants it. Nobody asked for it. He's just a fucking mountain person. Oh, dude, are you... Excuse me, are you a mountain? Oh, you're a human. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were a human. I thought you were a mountain because of the way you... Because of the way your body is shaped. You look a bit quite more like a mountain than a person um <clears throat> but yeah that's i'm m diesel so that's liable to happen sometimes and it just fucking happened last week i was talking about some kind of like general things that guys do wrong uh and this this actually isn't uh, it's it, uh, I, the reason I say that as a as a preamble to the thing I'm about to say is because I I I have another sort of like broad sweeping general rule that I've been doing some thinking about or general phenomenon that I've been doing some thinking about that I have thought enough about that I now realize there needs to be a rule in place 
some people call it like unspoken rules, some unspoken agreement. There are some things <clears throat> among those unspoken unspoken agreements that we all understand are unspoken, like not blowing up someone's spot, whatever about one thing or the other. Uh, there are many that we all understand and know, you know. Um, but there's some some have slipped through the cracks. I don't know why I just thought of this one, but like you don't, and when you're a kid, there's an unspoken agreement among kids that around your friend's mom, you're not going to be like, hey, remember when we fucking illegally drank or whatever the fuck? You're not going to do that. There's an unspoken agreement. There's mutual interest. There's a, there's an, there's a mutual interest in avoiding mutual destruction. So there's an unspoken agreement. You don't throw each other under the bus around each other's mother. And I have been doing some thinking about this one thing. There was this guy, one of the guys I was in Montana with when I came out of retirement to be uh, to act again, my long-awaited uh, return to screen performance. Uh, which one of these days I'll tell you all about, but this is about something else, okay? This is about one of the other actors in the movie. He would do this thing where people would be around, like, there would be a group of us around. A group as in more than two, right? It could be anywhere from three to ten, doesn't matter, but more than two. And this guy would, for whatever reason, choose a setting in which there were more than two people around to select one person among the more than two people that were around to check in with like but not like what's up man how's it going how you been but like checking in like hey are you all right with one of the people now this in my experience in my in my test run bringing this up with people just throughout the last few days you're probably based on that you're probably having one of two reactions one you don't think what i said is a big deal one you think what's the what's the problem with that somebody's just concerned about one person and wanted to bring it up and wanted to sh- express that concern that is that is one of the two things you're probably thinking right now if someone my criticism of someone in a group of people more than two people one person checks in on selects one person in the group and checks in on them but for real but heartfelt how are are you all right like that so you either think you're probably based on my limited test run experience over the last few days bringing up with trusted sources you're one of two things you think that's not a big deal they're just expressing concern what's the big deal right that you might be one of those two that you're probably one either that or you automatically think, yeah, why the fuck would someone do that? Why would, you, why would you bring attention to that other person in front of everybody? Airing out their shit, make, making them look at them and examine them, see if they're all right. It's one of the two things. You either think, what's the big deal? Or you think, yeah, don't single that person out. Now, we've, now if something is wrong, now everyone fucking knows. And honestly, those two are 
they're both valid and they're both but they're both valid but they're both missing the point okay <clears throat> and the point is this I'm going to paint a picture for you so there's me I'm Matt, I'm I'm Matt or I'm M Diesel there's M Diesel in a room there's T Diesel <laughs> so and there's J Diesel okay and there's K Diesel okay it's M Diesel T Diesel J Diesel and K Diesel all right there's four of us this is a made up scenario this isn't real all the diesels weren't hanging out like that okay and me I'm M Diesel I'm ha- I'm there I'm, I'm having a good time or I'm not doesn't matter I'm just I'm there and I'm being neutral okay T and J Diesel are uh making each other laugh whatever T and J are, are being silly goofing off making each other laugh I'm I'm watching T and J Diesel doing their thing kind of half smiling whatever half paying attention but then K Diesel is over a little maybe a little further away and seems like maybe K Diesel's like not paying even any attention And whatever, we're all noticing each other. When you're with people, you notice people, you know, unless you're just totally not observant motherfucker. You tend to notice when someone around you is in one mood or another, if it's an extreme mood, at least, right? But all of a sudden, after T and J or Diesel or fucking stop, stop joking around, J Diesel, let's just say it's J, J Diesel looks over at K Diesel and notices K is a little further away. Maybe not really paying attention. Maybe not really in the best mood, right? T Diesel's still smiling, laughing. M Diesel, me, I'm still paying. I'm still like thinking it's a fucking good time. We're just hanging out, whatever. Maybe I pulled up my phone, checked my email. I don't know. But all of a sudden, J Diesel takes it upon himself to audibly call out K Diesel's name and say, hey, K Diesel, are you okay? What's going on? Now, again, to bring it back to the original two points, you either think that's fine. He's Jay's worried about K Diesel. One's worried about the other. Just checking in. To you, I say, fair enough. And then there's the other group. Why would somebody call that person out? Why would they draw attention to it? If there's really something wrong, and J Diesel is the only one who notices, J Diesel should go over to K Diesel, have a private moment, and say, hey, is something wrong? I noticed maybe you weren't in the greatest mood back there. I just want to make sure you're okay. To you, I would say, hey, fair enough. Point taken. To group one and group two, points taken. But that's not my point. My point is, hey, J. Diesel, 
I'm M Diesel. I, in this scenario, the, the even the fake scenario, I'm still M Diesel. Hey, J Diesel, why the fuck are you making me look bad by asking K Diesel right in front of me, M Diesel, and not to mention T Diesel, asking right in front of us, hey, K Diesel, are you okay? Making me and T Diesel Look like we don't give a fuck. That's not right. It's not just in consideration of K-Diesel and that person's spot getting blown up or not getting blown up. It's also about blowing up my spot and T-Diesel's spot. It's making us look like we're inconsiderate and we don't give a fuck. Yeah, K-Diesel's in a bad mood. We're not even going to fucking check in with K-Diesel. That's wrong. If you want to check in with somebody, if you notice someone's in a bad mood, you have a you you don't do it in front of the whole group, but you go have a sidebar with them and ask, "Hey, are you okay?" I notice maybe you're not in the best mood. I just want to make sure everything's okay. Not only to spare the feelings or the potential embarrassment or the even the potential on the spotness of the person whose feelings you noticed, but you're also doing a service to the other people who aren't checking in with K-Diesel, who are respecting K-Diesel space. Because in that situation, then M and T-Diesel are like, who the fuck is J-Diesel think he is? Like, he's the only one who's a fucking good friend? And then there's a whole imbalance, and it's a ripple, and it creates a wave, and it keeps going and going, getting bigger, getting bigger, and getting bigger, causes more and more problems. When the thing you obviously have to do, there is an unspoken agreement. This is the rule. There is now a spoken agreement, spoken by me, that from now on, we do not check in for real with other people. <laughs> we don't check in with people in a group who we don't, when we're in a group, we don't check in. With people in that group, unless we are in private and we are peeled off and we are having a separate moment. But what we do not do is is check in with them for real in front of the entire group. And this is not only to spare or save or potentially save from embarrassment or whatever the fuck the person you're checking in with, but also... To not smear the good names of the other people in the group who have yet to check in. You're making them look bad. It's not fucking fair. And I don't like it. And that's a new rule for all of us. Okay. Uh, it's hot as fuck. I'm going to run the AC for a little bit. It's past a, uh, an hour. I'm going to take a little break now. We're going to come back and do the other half after this. And I'll talk to you in a minute. Okay. Don't go anywhere. Matt D'Elia is confused. We'll return right after the break. And I'm back. And the next order of business is an important order of business. It is an important order of business that is important. And frankly, it's so important that it's important enough that I should have stressed its importance by talking about it in the beginning of the show. But I didn't, because I think maybe somewhere in the back of my mind, I was still forming my thoughts about it, still reeling, so to speak, from my uh, 
introduction to its existence. And to be quite honest, I'm, sh- I'm not sh- quite sure it's settled properly just yet in my brain, but it, it, it happened today. My, my learning of its existence happened today. And because it happened today and because I'm recording today, I have to talk about it today. This important thing. And because it's so confusing. So unbelievably confusing. And as I will go on to explain, also so unbelievable, unbelievably sensical. Both maximum confusing and maximally perfect for right now. It's impossible to even convey that without laying some kind of foundational, objective statements about what this thing is. So what I did was, just right now on my phone, I googled the name of this thing. And I clicked on the first very straightforward-seeming article about it. And the headline of that article, it's, this is on some local Austin news, Fox Austin, local Fox network. The headline is, Mario Lopez will play Colonel Sand- Sanders in KFC Lifetime original movie, quote, A Recipe for Seduction. Gonna read that again. Mario Lopez will play Colonel Sanders in KFC Lifetime, KFC Dash Lifetime. That's right, implying KFC and Lifetime are linked somehow. In KFC Lifetime original movie, A Recipe for Seduction. And then it shows the poster. I'm looking at the poster right now. It says a Lifetime original mini movie presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken. A Recipe for Seduction, December 13th, noon, Lifetime Network. The tagline is, we all have our secrets. His just happens to be dot, dot, dot. And then the title, A Recipe for Seduction. And then in the upper left, Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. But the best part is when you look at the poster and you see Mario Lopez dressed. I guess dressed. No, yeah, dressed as and made up as Colonel Sanders. For those of you who don't know, for those of you who live under a fucking rock, Colonel Sanders is the... I don't even know. What Ronald McDonald is to McDonald's, Colonel Sanders is to KFC. How about that? Colonel Sanders is the face of KFC. Colonel Sanders is a white guy, an old white guy, in all white, some colonel thing. I don't know. It, 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 it kind of harkens back to like fucked up shit, if you know what I'm saying. Kentucky, an old white guy with a fucking beard like that, a colonel. I'm thinking Confederacy, so I'm already thinking fucked up shit. So the company decided to go the other way and hire a younger, hotter, non-white guy, buff guy, hot buff guy, Mario Lopez. For those who don't know, Mario Lopez played A.C. Slater on Saved by the Bell and now plays himself on a bunch of sad shit. 
Now he's playing Colonel Sanders in the ultimate sad thing, a recipe for seduction. But then you keep reading because you need to... Now I've kicked you up into the air and you don't know which way is up. So I'm going to ground you. I'm going to read the article and I'm going to ground you so you don't feel so untethered to reality anymore. Fast food giant Kentucky Fried Chicken is frying up a batch of drama for Lifetime with the premiere of its first original mini-movie, A Recipe for Seduction. The movie will feature former Saved by the Bell star and current extra host, Mario Lopez, as the franchise's iconic Colonel Sanders character, based on its founder. The poster features Lopez with salt-and-peppered hair, glasses, and a beard. That's true. That's not a lie. That is not fake news. That's true. While the plot has yet to be released, the film's poster promises finger-licking intrigue. The original Colonel Sanders was named Harland David Sanders, who founded the company during the Great Depression. I guess I was wrong. That's the whole article. That just substantiates it, though, as a real thing. I swear to fucking God, I'm not lying to you. I watched the trailer, though. What I did was I watched the trailer. And now I'm going to play it for you. What the hell are you doing? A Lifetime original mini-movie. You don't answer my proposal, and now you're not answering my call. I think I'm falling for the new chef. Jessica is falling for Harlan. The cook? Leave Jessica alone and skip town. He has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. Harlan claims to have some secret recipe. A secret recipe? (laughs) Spare me. We all have our secrets. If you marry my daughter, I promise there'll be more long weekends in your future. Mom, I have to tell you something. We have a problem. Secrets out, chicken man. I'll take care of this. Ruining everything! Just kill him already! Who the hell are you? Harlan Sanders. Ah! Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders in a recipe for seduction. Premieres December 13th at noon, only on Lifetime. Presented by Kentucky Fried Chicken. What the fuck is going on? That's so confusing. If it sounded confusing to you, that's because it is. It's clearly cut from the cloth of the kinds of movies Lifetime makes, which is our, which are, which I like, by the way. I like Lifetime movies. They're so absurdly dramatic. It's the most heightened shit ever. The writing is so straightforward. Its only goal is to maximize and stretch out drama at every fucking turn. The acting is so fucking bad. And the plots are always like some guy is sleeping with some woman and some other guy is trying to get in between them and some other woman is trying to kill all three of them or some shit like that, you know? Because in those ways, the guys are terrible, but the women are the ones that'll kill you all, you know? And this is no exception. So the plot of this appears to be a rich, some rich woman, daughter of some, a rich woman who is the daughter of another rich woman. 
hires some chef to cater some party for her rich friends. And starts to develop a thing for the guy who did the cooking, who has some secret amazing recipe that's going to change the world. They start having a thing. The original younger rich woman's love interest starts to get angry and jealous and starts to get ideas. Now, him and the rich woman's mother plot to get the chicken guy, Colonel Sanders, Mario Lopez, out of the way. And they will stop at nothing. There's shots of knives. There's shots of the mother saying, just kill him. And uh, there are shots of like the guy, the, the love interest, the scorned love interest, like reading a, a, a letter all mischievously being like, that's it for you, chicken man. So it's implied that chicken man, Colonel Sanders, Mario Lopez is mixing it up, sticking his beak, <laughs> sticking his beak where he shouldn't. Um, and getting into the rich person's world where he don't fucking be long. But he's sexy and he's cool and he's got a recipe that's going to change the world. And this woman doesn't care about her rich moneyed world. She cares about love. She cares about chicken. <laughs> and that's real. Everything I just said is real. Now, I think it's fair to wonder how something could be so bad. I think it's fair to wonder if they're even serious. It's fair to wonder things along both of those lines. But let me tell you that if you're wondering those things, then you are missing the point yet again. On its face, it's a very confusing thing. It is a movie made by Lifetime in concert with KFC. That already, out of the gate, is just the, the most confusing thing could be. There's a movie on Lifetime brought to you by and branded by KFC, not product placement, not like all the characters in it are eating KFC. KFC isn't mentioned once. Colonel Sanders is hot and sexy and sticking his beak where it don't belong and about to change the world with his chicken recipe in the context of a Lifetime movie. Now that is fucking K. But you're missing the point if you're asking if they know how bad it is. Or if it's even for real or something like that. Because the point is to get people to watch it and to get people to talk about it. The branding is the point. What happened there is KFC paid Lifetime a lot of money. It's just like a fucking sports stadium, right? Minute Maid Park, Citibank Field, or City Field, rather, the Staples Center. These sports teams aren't like, oh, you know what? 
Jim Crane, owner of the Astros, isn't like, oh, you know what? I fucking love Minute Maid. I'm going to name my stadium Minute Maid. Steve Cohen's not like, oh, you know what? I love Citibank. I'm going to name my stadium City Field. The bus family doesn't give a fuck about Staples. Those companies pay either the team or the or the or the or the or the actual uh, city or state even to have their name on the public property. What seems like public property, and some teams own their own shit, some teams don't. But either way, the company whose name is being broadcast alongside and with and in front of the stadium, Globe Life Park, same shit in Arlington. They're paying for that. This is not different. KFC's paying Lifetime, okay? To brand alongside it. Now, I don't know what the fucking share of cost is. But Lifetime wasn't like, oh, we got to get our hands on the new KFC property. That's a hot title. That's on the blacklist. We got to get our hands on that before HBO does. That's not how that worked. KFC was like, I want to get into branded beyond. That is fucking beyond branded content. And we're going to shop our idea around and we're going to offer this and offer that at whatever fucking network or channel or streaming site, whatever, and see where we can get the best deal and the most visibility for a product. All it is is fucking that. Now, that being said, how did it end up being the thing that it is? Does it know it's so bad? Is it even serious? Not the point, and not the point. People are going to watch that. People are going to talk about that. Mario Lopez is going to get paid. KFC is going to get bought. And Lifetime is going to get watched. Do they know how bad they're being? Who gives a fuck? They certainly don't. Are they being for real? What do you mean by for real? They're for real going to make your ass fucking watch it. So yeah, in that sense, they're real as fucking fuck. Am I going to watch it? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Ta- by the way, I'm not talking shit about you. I'm going to watch it too. I'm just saying, let's not fucking lose sight of what the fuck's going on. It's not about making a good piece of TV. Everything that they want to happen is happening. So therefore, yeah, they're fucking for real. When I first saw it, my instinct was the world. My instinct was to think the world is over. This is the most confusing thing I've ever seen in my life. And if this is the world now, count me out. But then it sat with me for a little bit. And what I realized is, I love it. I love that it exists. And you know what? So do millions of other people out there. 
And I would say that that is a problem because it is. I'm indicting myself right now. I'm indicting my own excitement about it because I'm being led by the nose by a bunch of capitalist, heartless, soulless, tasteless motherfuckers. And I'm just going. I'm not resisting at all. I'm letting them. I'm fucking leaning into it. I'm watching. And yet that upsets me. It upsets me that I'll be watching. It upsets me that I, that I want to see it. And it upsets me that I want to see more. I want to see the fucking Burger King one. I want to see I want to see the Burger King guy who is just a king of burgers. He's a king. He just looks like a king. I want to see that guy in a spy thriller. Just fucking hiding behind like a, a beam, a column with his gun up, talking into his lapel, but it's like a frilly collar of the king thing. <laughs> and he's like leaning in and talking to it. Abort! Abort! Have it your way. And he fucking turns around. <laughs> he turns around the corner and starts just blasting in slow motion. I want to see the fucking Ronald McDonald fucking... 24. I want to see Ronald McDonald in 24. In the Kiefer Sutherland role. He, Jack Bauer. Ronald McBauer. Just fucking running to, deton- to de-detonate bombs. Freeze! Drop the gun! I'm loving it! <laughs> it's so stupid! Um, you know what I mean? I want to, it's funny and it's stupid and I want to see it. I don't, I don't mean that with any irony. I mean, I want to see it. We're so beyond, we, 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 in the last four years, and I, and I, I, I hate to do this, but I got to blame the phenomenon of Trump for all this kind of shit. It was kind of around before him. Like, remember with the Sharknado shit? It was like, oh, it's so bad. Whoa. And yet it was like the most watched thing ever. And now there's like 20 Sharknado movies. Every once in a while that would pop up. This is obviously a whole new level because it's a KFC mini movie starring Mario Sanders as, as Colonel Sanders. And just like the most brazenly fucking sh- shitty product corporate fucking capitalistic whatever the fuck not even pretending doesn't have like the the faintest whiff of of trying you know but we're way we're like way past some point that feels very very dangerous and shitty we aren't looking for good stuff anymore We are resigned to no good stuff. Myself included. 
This is not a finger pointing. This is a finger 360. And it's also pointing at me uh, uh, when it rotates back around to me, okay? We all accept this as all right because we got no choice. We're not going to get good stuff. So let's just get the most fucking absurd thing. And in its maximum absurdity, it will be perfect for this moment. That's what the last four years has been. I've seen a lot of people just get resigned and worn down and fucking, it's just like a war of attrition. It's endless bad shit flung at us all day, every day. To the point that we not only fucking don't expect good shit, we don't even know good shit when it comes. And it has this dizzying, sort of like, arresting, paralyzing effect. That all we can do is just sit there, numb, and wait for fucking recipe for seduction to come out. Or wait for the next fucking outrageous fucking dipshit thing Donald Trump said. So we can all fucking feel a little flutter of memory of what it was like to know how to be moved by anything. We need the maximally maximally absurd thing to knock us out of our fucking stupor Myself included. That we, we, we've, we've gone so fucking low. Myself included. That when a trailer for Recipe for Seduction comes out. I fucking stand up and clap and get excited and check when it comes out. We're fucked. Do you know what I mean? We're totally fucking fucked. <sighs> and th- uh, there's one more thing before I go, actually. I'm going to... I'll leave that be for a little bit. These are all still new and swirling thoughts that just started coming to me today. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be more after that thing comes out, and we all can watch it. It's apparently it's only 15 minutes. It literally is a fucking commercial in like lifetime movie 15 minute form. What the fuck? And yet it makes perfect sense. It's both what the fuck and makes perfect sense. Which is. What the fuck? And makes perfect sense. In itself, it is that. In itself, it is what the fuck and makes perfect sense. Now, before I go, I only got like fucking four minutes before the hour closes, but this won't take long. I don't know how to say his name because I don't know how to say any names in Hungarian. I don't even know how to say Victor Orban. Actually, I might have said that right, but that's the only thing I know how to say. So I'm not even going to try. But there's a guy 
a politician in Victor, tightly uh, aligned in Victor Orban's either parliament or, or, or cabinet or, or one of his advisors. I don't know. Closely aligned or involved with the government. He's a government official. There we go. And Victor Orban is like this very far right, very reactionary, fucking family values, fucking uh, 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 supremely anti-gay, uh, misogynistic fucking leader of Hungary. And this guy that I'm going to talk about right now was one of the people leading the char- the anti-LGBTQ community charge for Viktor Orban. Now, even Hungary is dealing with coronavirus lockdowns and coronavirus spikes. And Hungary has, I don't know if it's a curfew or, or, or yeah, I guess it is a curfew. There's a curfew and there's a, there's a limit on the amount of people you can, you can um, have together under, in a single place after 10 p.m. And <clears throat> this guy, you know what, let me actually just, let me try to find his name because I'm going to be refer- referring to him. Joseph Sager. Okay, well, I fucked it up. I knew I would. Uh, but here's the headline in the New York Times, just to put an actual fucking proper wording behind it. Joseph Zazer said it wrong. A top politician with the conservative Fidesz party said it wrong. Will leave the European Parliament after attending a gathering in Brussels that violated coronavirus restrictions. Now, what that doesn't say, what I didn't say uh, yet, but is definitely the reason for reporting it especially after noting that he is extremely vocally anti-gay, anti-LGBTQ. He was caught at a gathering of too many people in Brussels which Brussels is not in Brussels is not in Hungary, so Oh, yeah, okay, so he's just, he was at a European Parliament thing in Brussels. Uh, And in Brussels, which does have lockdown rules, he was caught at a gathering of too many people at an hour too late. Mr. fucking anti-gay, far-right-wing parliamentary official at a fucking gay orgy. With 24 other men, all naked. When the party got busted, the guy tried to sneak out the window and fucking run away. They caught him. When they caught him, he was naked. He didn't have his fucking ID, so they didn't know who he was. When they brought him in, he explained who he was, then finally proved it. And they fucking let him go with what you might call a warning. You know who didn't let him go with a warning? Go off with a warning? Is Viktor Orban, the fucking leader of Hungary, who fucking hates gay people. And this guy fucking... Joseph Zazer, the one who purports to fucking hate gay people while being one. The guy got kicked out of the government. This kind of shit is just fucking endless. 
I feel like every week there's some loudly anti-something somebody who it turns out is exactly the very thing he is loudly railing against. So now, what we have here is basically the only thing to deduce is when someone's loudly decrying some other kind of person, loudly fucking trying to uh, ostracize or belittle ways that someone is, that person either probably is that thing or at least has a deep fear that they are that thing themselves. The guy signed anti-gay legislation into law. And the guy also gets caught at a fucking orgy in Brussels with 24 other men. The part about being at an orgy in Brussels with 24 other men, that part is cool. The part that isn't cool is the part that he discriminates against gay people in his non-fucking hiding at night in Brussels life. You know? The face he puts onto the world is way fucking different than the face he puts on at the 25-man gay orgy with no clothes on in Brussels. So relax for one of two reasons. Relax because you're being a fucking asshole. Or relax because the thing you're not relaxed about is probably exposing something about you that you aren't, um, un, you aren't comfortable with and will one day be exposed. Thank you. So everyone actually just fucking relax in general. All right, it's definitely 3,000 degrees, and also, my voice hurts from being M. Diesel for so fucking, for some time now. Feels like I do. I gotta stop doing my voice, but I can't. Why? Because I'm M. Diesel. All right. Um, I will talk to you soon. I love you all. Coronavirus ain't going fucking nowhere, so try to stay home. Try to stay safe. Try to wear a fucking mask. In fact, always wear a mask. Try to wash your hands. Stay six feet or more apart from people. If you can, please. Just fucking, let's try to end it. Do you know what I mean? All right. Uh, stay safe. Stay on. And I'll fucking talk to you fucking later. Okay.